Hello and welcome to Stride and Saunter, episode 9. I'm one of your hosts, Hector Marrero. And I'm Kip Clark. Today, our topic, favorite teachers. Now, when I talk about teachers, or when we say teachers, we're talking about all the teachers we've had from pre-kindergarten, kindergarten, all the way up to our senior year of high school. Professors in college are not included in this conversation, but may be the subject in a future podcast. So I'd like to start off today, Kip, by talking about what, who are teachers. And I guess a basic definition of what a teacher is, is a adult figure who is the learning authority or is the authority for learning for young people, young minds for a certain number of years, starting when a child is four or five years old. A teacher teaches students, so the children are students. A teacher teaches his or her students subjects that are necessary to function in society. These include being able to speak, communication, being able to write, other forms of communication, being able to use different subjects and understand different subjects. So you learn basic biology, essentially exploring the world. And so your teacher becomes the guide, the the one who holds your hand and points the flashlight at the things that you should notice and you should think about. I would also say in the mind of a child, the definition of a teacher includes the space that they occupy. A teacher, I think for children, does not have a home. They don't go home when the school day is over. They live at the school. I think many children would find it peculiar and perhaps have historically found it peculiar to see teachers out and about in the grocery stores playing tennis in the town. It's it's weird to see your teacher outside of the classroom because they become identified with that space. I think that's a very important part for a child. Obviously, as adults, we know teachers do have lives, but to a child, a teacher is someone who exists in that space and might feel awkward to see outside of that space. That's a great point, unless your mother or father is a teacher. Mm -hmm. Um, My mom's a teacher, and so I always thought when I was younger that it was funny that other students, that my colleagues, thought that teachers didn't have homes because I clearly knew, wait, no, my mom has a home. She sleeps in this bedroom. But yeah, that is an interesting fact. Yeah, there are a lot of cartoons and other stories where, you know, the teacher is a vampire or lives underneath their desk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I know I remember a few of my teachers extremely fondly because, you know, they tended to be very sweet. They tended to be very kind and understanding, not only to me, but to my colleagues. And reflecting back, I remember, so I was always, I don't know about you, Kip, but I was kind of a teacher's pet when I was younger. I was kind of what they would call nerdy. I liked being quiet. I mean, I was a very shy kid when I was younger. So I never understood why the heck other students would be talking and talking and talking when the teacher would tell them to be quiet. It's only after reflecting back and thinking about my teachers now at this age that I realized just how gosh darn patient they are. They are incredibly patient to be able to sit down or, you know, to calm a a sea of children, 20 to 30 children, quiet them down and get them to talk about one thing or to, you know, think about one thing is an incredible task. I don't know if you've ever dealt with, you know, young people, but children are ridiculous. They're all over the place. They're, you know, seeing everything for the first time, reacting to everything for the first time. They have, they're so full of energy. They just want to be running around everywhere, touching everything, you know, sneezing on everything. And it's only when you get older and see these little things for the first time they realize oh boy children are not the easiest creatures to take care of right they're really rowdy and I I would like to articulate before we get further into the conversation I think we share this sentiment that 
teachers, at least in my lifetime, are some of the most beloved figures that I've ever had the pleasure of dealing with. Obviously, there are teachers that maybe I didn't mesh well with, but these are people who put so much on the line and put so much time into their careers. I think it's pretty well known that the salaries of most teachers are not incredibly high. It's hopefully enough to live on, but teachers are not doing it for the money. They're doing it for the love of teaching and changing the lives of their students and impacting you know, the life of a child or, or an, a young adolescent. And it's so respectable. I, I think you talk about children being rowdy. It's it's not easy. It's not always hard. Sometimes you have those students who are very cooperative and want to learn. But the life of a teacher is difficult and something to be not only respected but admired. So I would like to dedicate this podcast to the teachers out there, the teachers that have made a huge difference because they are frankly the reason that you and I are sitting here I think they can take a lot of credit for the success of young people yeah I agree so fully I think that without my teachers I would not be where I am today it is indeed a huge part of their lives is influencing the people they teach in a positive way and so that they can you know further themselves and I think that it is amazing that they it's almost as if they are the they they find a career as being this jumping point or this, you know, launching point from which to grow. And, you know, they give us the the skills and the tools we need, and then they watch us go off into the world. And it's amazing because they do that with so many, you know, children. It's almost like they're... Like they are... They're caretakers. They're they're familial caretakers. They are caretakers. Yeah, yeah. They are caretakers. So one of the teachers that I had who I loved dearly and I still love her even though I haven't seen her in forever was this teacher her name is Miss Manisi and she was my kindergarten and eighth grade teacher she was really kind very sweet I remember one time I I I had to leave school early because I you know quote-unquote wasn't feeling well and she was you know very gentle and she made sure to you know tell the other teacher the assistant teacher why I was not feeling well and she did it in a subtle way so that nobody else would find out but yeah she was such a nurturing and you know kind figure and then in eighth grade when she was my teacher again I remember she would give us advice she would give us you know financial advice she would give us life advice she would tell us about her own mistakes and you know encourage us to you know listen and to learn from them and you know while I may not remember the exact things and the exact details of the things she told us I still remember her figure and I still remember her as this strong woman and as this you know strong personality who was so caring and so loving and you know yeah just you know really wanted all of us to succeed almost as a group she wanted all of us to succeed Mm -hmm. it's like she was you know a second mother yeah I that's a really really good way of articulating I think we'll probably end up alternating with certain stories I know I have a lot of teachers to pay homage to or pay tribute to two of my earliest teachers Miss Cusack and Miss Schweinhart my kindergarten and first grade teachers respectively were really lovely women, very maternal, very soothing, and very honest with us. I remember Miss Cusack had a song about four hugs a day being a minimum, and so we would always get four hugs from her every day, and I think that really just made school familiar and welcoming. I think kindergarten can be a very scary time, and she was great, and that's probably why I'm so fond of hugs now, because I had that from a young age, and Miss Schweinhardt was a very wise and kind woman, and I, I really respected her, and I sort of I lament the fact that I was too young, I think, to really appreciate how how thoughtful and, and smart she was. But I remember one thing she said to us very vividly that she sat us down one day after I think some kids had been fighting and said, you know, 
you're not always going to get along with everyone and that's okay and it's true and it was one of the most simple and articulate things she could have said because I think there is often a pressure to befriend everyone and for everyone in the world to get along and sometimes it's okay if you're you're not compatible with someone just recognizing that and it was it was brilliant I think one of the best things that I'll touch upon with other teachers is that she believed in our ability to understand what she was saying she didn't dumb it down she didn't try and sugarcoat it but she also said honest things very thoughtfully and carefully and I really appreciated that so another one of your favorite teachers perhaps another thing about some of my favorite teachers is that they've helped me realize that they see the potential in their students in a way that other students, you know, I can't see my colleagues or I didn't see my colleagues when I was their age Mm -hmm. because, you know, we have all these petty squabbles and we're fighting about toys and other little things, yet they can see the potential inside us and our abilities to be able to branch out and to expand. So another teacher I wanted to mention was from my high school. Her name was Dr. Drake. And Dr. Drake saw that I was interested in art and she was extremely knowledgeable in art. She was extremely knowledgeable in art history. And she was the one who gave me the boost into saying, here, this is a field that is open to you. And this is something that, you know, you should at least be knowledgeable in. And she encouraged me to, you know, learn about art history and to discover the role of art in our world. And actually, it was with her and a few of my colleagues that we ended up creating this group that we called Varsity Art. Instead of doing a sport one spring season, we ended up going to museums every Wednesday or so. And we write little reports about them but it was just such a joy to be able to like drive out with the professor or rather with our teacher Dr. Drake and with one another and to talk about architecture and to talk about sculpture and to talk about the place of art in our lives and she helped open my eyes to see how art really you know formed our ways of thinking and our ways of seeing the world she helped me see the difference between you know illustrators and artists and it's there are all these nuances that she helped push me and helped to make me more aware of and i think that's the beautiful thing is that they see the interest they see the curiosity and they find a way to stir that curiosity and to focus it almost and to focus it into such a way as to allow you know us to learn and to take these curiosities and make them into things that we end up being knowledgeable about as well. You make a good point about bringing up curiosity and sort of cultivating that through your students. One of my favorite teachers that did that was Miss Ford. I had her in eighth grade as an English teacher and I remember reading Fahrenheit 451 and Animal Farm and she said to us at certain points you know you're not necessarily going to understand some of the things in this in these books because adults that I you know I've taught before <laughs> don't always get it so so don't feel bad about that and I remember feeling a bit intimidated by that but also really proud that we were reading books that adults were also reading and, and considering and just the way she taught them she did it very well I remember reading To Kill a Mockingbird one of my favorite books and her description of Atticus uh, Atticus Finch as being a reason that some people became lawyers And that struck me really, really hard. And I realized how powerful literature could be, how important books and novels are in our society. And I remember thinking that it was such a privilege to be taught by someone like that. I remember she also made a very good point once about earbuds Mm -hmm. and and criticized them. I, I was curious to know why. And I asked her and she said, well, I think music is something to be shared, not something to sort of be privately consumed. And I thought that was really wise. And she was Mm -hmm. such a kind woman. She didn't She didn't treat us as eighth graders. She taught us as students. I appreciated that academic respect that she gave us. And she was a wonderful teacher. And I thanked her at the end of the year for everything that she'd done. And I think that she's part of the reason that I enjoy writing. 
I think she's part of the reason that I enjoy reading. And because I'm an English major, I have to credit her for for sort of getting me inspired about English specifically. She's probably one of the biggest reasons that I'm here at Kenyon, and I, I can't thank her enough for that. I think she was really, really inspirational for me. One other teacher. So I went to Catholic school for elementary and middle school. I wasn't Catholic, but I my parents brought me to this Catholic school. I'm very grateful for it. I went to you know Catholic mass every first Friday, I want to say. It might have been like every other Friday, but I think every first Friday. But along with that, we would have a priest come over to our classes. And when we were in like the fourth and fifth grade, they would tell us about certain things about the Catholic religion. But later on in sixth grade onward to eighth grade, we would be able to submit questions into the little question box. And I would ask a lot of questions. I was very curious. I would ask a lot of silly questions, I'm sure. But I asked a lot of questions. And the priest that started coming at that point was Father Kelly and he was one of the younger guys he was kind of he was cool in in this funny way in that you know he had this buzz cut and he was younger and he was also again you know it was this sense that he spoke to us like people he didn't speak to us like children he spoke to us with respect and like as adults as young adults and I remember in seventh or eighth grade I was reaching this point where you know I had never been cool in elementary or middle school so I was trying to reach out and try to be cool for the first time I was doing silly things to try to impress people that really didn't need impressing but he noted he said Hector you've stopped asking questions you stopped asking so many questions like you used to and I was like, yeah, I, I just don't have any questions anymore. I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't have any questions. He said, I don't believe that. And I don't know if it was in the same conversation or if my memory has just blended these two situations together. But I remember saying, you know, I can't wait to just stop learning and to be out of school. And he stopped me so quickly and he said, no, 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 no. You will always 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 be learning you have to always be learning you have to desire to learn because that's the only you know that's really the only way to live is to keep learning about the world and around us i might be elaborating i can't quote him exactly but that has never left me that idea of learning and learning and learning it's never escaped me and it was you know it might have been told to me before but it was when he told me at that moment that i said oh you're right you're right, I can't stop learning. And, and and through high school, I made sure to reestablish this curiosity that I had. And a big part of it is that I, I thank him for, for, you know, reminding me to stay curious because I know I've met a lot of people who have, for whatever reason, lost their curiosity, lost their desire to learn more. And that's unfortunate because there there's always something to be done. There's always There are always things that need to be changed and there are always things that need to be learned about. So I'm really glad you bridged over into both curiosity in high school because there were a number of teachers I had in high school who made me very curious and and helped me engage with their material. They were enthusiastic about what they were teaching and it made me enthusiastic to come in and learn because let's be honest, kids can drain you. There are the unenthusiastic kids who will criticize you openly. There are the kids who have their heads down and are sleeping and they don't care and it's so obvious. So, so I'm going to put aside English teachers for a second because I would have a lot to say on them but some other really enthusiastic teachers that I had and remember vividly and so fondly are Mr. Wilmot, my world history teacher in sophomore year, Mr. Johnson, my photography teacher, and Mr. Obleski, who we referred to as Roe. So I'll go to each of them and I'll try not to take too long, and I apologize for taking so much time on them, but 
these are some of my favorite people and I, I hope they know that and I hope they understand how great an impact they've had in so many lives because I was only one of their students. But to begin with Mr. Wilmot, he was a wonderful world history teacher. I think part of it was that he engaged us as people, but he made sure we engaged. We came up and wrote stuff on the board. We had a video project towards the end of the year. He didn't let us become complacent and sort of get numb to the to the feeling of learning about modern world history, which is very interesting and very important. I didn't know much about World War One or World War Two, or you know, the the Red Scare before his class, and I learned a lot of things that I really appreciate. And he was always so energetic and so friendly, and just really enthusiastic about history. And I I, I detected that immediately, so I I loved that in him. And he he challenged us. He asked really good questions, and he was just a very approachable guy. Mr. Johnson and Roe to me are also very interesting figures because they were teachers of electives in school and there are some kids that would never have had the chance to take classes with them because they didn't want to try photography or acting. And so I had Mr. Johnson for the last two years of high school and I had Roe for all four years. So I'm going to start with him. Much like we talked about female teachers giving sort of a maternal atmosphere to the classroom, Roe to me often felt like a second father. He, he joked around and he wasn't afraid to be real with us and be honest with us. And some of the stuff that we'd read in, in those acting classes was visceral and harsh, and he would talk to us honestly about it. And he, he treated us like adult actors because some of the kids in the class wanted to go to college for acting and wanted to pursue it as a career, and he took it seriously. And I think Wellesley had a really great department for that. I think he, he knew what he was doing. He taught those classes so well. And at least for me personally, he was never afraid to sarcastically tease and, and banter with me. And I really appreciated that. I'm sure some kids might have perceived it in a different light if a teacher had done that to them. But I always took it as a very warm-hearted sign that he knew I could handle it and that he knew I would conceive of his banter in the right way. And I, I always enjoyed it. He always felt witty. And it's something that I, I respect. And I think in a lot of ways, when people call me witty, I I take it as a compliment because one of my heroes is a witty person. But to conclude on Roe, one of the last things he said to us as a class, our acting for class in senior year, was how thrilled he was to be a teacher and how happy he was to come into work each day to work with us. And I, I felt so good about being a piece of that. There were, I think, 18 or so kids in that class, but it was really, really nice to, to be a piece of, of that person's pleasure in his career. I was so happy to work with someone like that as a teacher. He was a great director in the shows that we performed in. He respected our opinions and made sure that we were a big part of that process, and, and I loved that. And now Mr. Johnson, as a photo teacher, was really lively, very energetic, very friendly, always telling jokes, always keeping things lighthearted, um, and he taught us how to use Photoshop and other really advanced software and, and, and photo techniques that we wouldn't have known otherwise. And he took our artwork very seriously. And I don't think I'm an amazing photographer. I think what skills I have, I've learned from him. And certainly my love of Photoshop, as people can see on our logo, is because of this man. He taught me a lot of tricks in Photoshop and taught all of us and just made a really, really great atmosphere in the classroom. It always felt professional but lighthearted. And he was just such an approachable guy, very kind and compassionate and you know, it was such a privilege to have him. He was, I think, like any great teacher, not just focused on his material, but on his students as people, aside from photography. What do they like? What do they want to be? How can I help them reach that through my class and also through myself as a person? And he, 
he did that beautifully. He absolutely succeeded with myself and numerous other students in, in cultivating that sense of, of delight. And I'm so grateful to have had him as well. Yeah, I guess I wanted to bridge this part of our conversation to teachers outside of the classroom. These people have their own lives, and yet we, you know, never experience them outside of the classroom. For the most part, we don't experience them outside of the classroom. When we're younger, we think that they live in caves or whatnot. I think a point that we can talk about next, Kip, is what is it that these teachers are trying to get us to do, where they're trying to to open our minds, they're trying to teach us. But I think, in a way, what teachers help us do is, you know, become autodidacts, you know, want to teach ourselves, but also to become teachers ourselves and to be the next wave of helpers and the next wave of people who create this platform to support others. You know, a teacher is somebody who spends a good part of their life outside of their home specifically nurturing and helping others to you know become functional human beings and i think that that's an amazing thing that you know we can come out of this experience and then in ourselves help others so i don't know if you've ever had times where you've taught or you've been the teacher yourself or you've ever gone back and you know thought about uh, one of your teachers and how they've really you know moved you I mean you're talking about Photoshop and how you think back to uh, that all the time but yeah I and Photoshop's a good brief example that there have been people who have asked me for some tips on photography and I'm certainly no expert I'm not even in a photography class here at Kenyon and I think that any skills that I have I, I learned from Mr. Johnson or as you talk about being autodidactic I became interested in learning about through Mr. Johnson, and I, I thank him for that. I also think that Wellesley High did a great job, as maybe you also experienced in high school, of making sure we presented, making sure we had class discussions, and numerous teachers would, would join us. They'd sit with us in a circle. They were one of us in a discussion. Maybe they knew more about the Odyssey, but they weren't afraid to let us talk about what we thought. And very rare were the corrections that they would make about our beliefs or our opinions on a text or on a topic that we were discussing. And it was really, really important to me that 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 happened. I think that the best teachers are not ignorant of their ability to learn, that that they're not done. They may have graduated college, they may have gotten their degrees, but they're still learning. And Mm -hmm. some of the best moments that I've had, especially in English classes, and I admit that I'm a bit biased, but when a a teacher said something to the effect of, yeah, I you know, I've read this book for, for eight years now, and I had not noticed that before. And the fact that one of us as students had brought that to their attention was, was a delight. And I was so happy. Yeah, that's to, amazing. That's an amazing feel that. feeling. And so, yeah, there are definitely teachers that have, have cultivated self-learning in me, but also teaching, and sometimes to them. And I, I really, really relish that feeling because it's, it's humbling. And I think it reminds us that everyone in that classroom is a person. Some have 30 years more experience on the planet than we do, but we're all people and we're all still learning. A lot of teachers I've had have recognized that as children or as adolescents, we have a different perspective than they do, and they welcome that. They they ask us to talk about how we would read or perceive something based on our perspectives, and I, I think that was really cool. And I've often considered maybe becoming a teacher. It's something I juggle from time to time. I'm not sure if it's something I want to do. But of all the, the people in my life that have really impacted me, teachers are way up there. And so I'm so thrilled that we're recording this episode. I think it's a really important one to do and probably something we'll come back to from time to time or, 
or touch upon, but I'm so glad you brought this topic. And yeah, Kip, I'd like to, I guess, shout out to those teachers. If by any chance you're listening to this podcast, we want to thank you and we want to thank you for being that part in our lives and, you know, for inspiring us to be better people and to ourselves teach others and to teach ourselves and to be excited about learning. To my mom, who is also a teacher, I love you and I know you're going to be listening to this at some point. I hope you're listening to this at some point. Yeah, teachers are incredible. If you have any comments, if you have any requests, if you want us to go into any detail of any other, you know, part of this topic or any other related topic, please write to us. We are on Twitter at Stride and Saunter. That N is N, not A-N-D. It was too long. You can reach us on our Facebook page, which is Stride and Saunter. Our website is strideandsaunter.com. And you can reach us by email at strideandsaunter at gmail.com. I, too, would like to thank any teachers that might be listening, even if you're not a teacher of myself or Hector. I think the role teachers hold is all too often swept aside or not given the proper attention. And yeah, we, we definitely wouldn't be sitting here if it weren't for teachers. We're obviously in an establishment right now that is dedicated to learning. And it's, it's so fundamental. And I don't mean to sound dramatic about it, but we really believe in the value of teachers. And so we thank you for listening. There are teachers in your life that have impacted you. We'd love to hear about it. We'd love to know some of your favorite experiences with teachers and some favorite teachers you've had. We would also love to know how you define a teacher. So please use the social media avenues that Hector has just mentioned and and reach out to us and let us know. And of course, if you enjoyed our podcast, please share it with your friends and family and others who might enjoy or find this conversation interesting. We would love to spread this around. We want it to be a conversation among, not a conversation between. So please share it. We would really appreciate it. And of course, if you did not enjoy this podcast, let us know. Give us an honest critique or a view. We really want to make this something that you enjoy listening to, and we're not afraid of your criticisms. In fact, we welcome them. So please feel comfortable telling us how you felt and be honest about it because we really appreciate that. So as always, in closing, from thought to word and voice to ear, we thank you for listening. This is Kip Clark signing off. And this is Hector Marrero. Please recycle.